Modern Recordist, the podcast where we talk all about designing and living life as an extraordinary artistic visionary, discussing inspiring and creative ideas around making music and art that creates an impact in the world. On this podcast, we hang out with musicians, songwriters, artists, producers, and all manner of artistic visionaries to connect with them and gain insights that provoke our greatest creative breakthroughs. I'm your host, John Stinson, a Nashville-based producer, recording engineer, a mixing engineer, a collector of experiences, a lifelong learner, a lifelong teacher, and an artist in my own right. And I welcome you to another episode of The Modern Recordist. listening as always glad you could make it here glad i could make it here we're in man already eight weeks in since we got the podcast revved back up again and i can't believe that these final weeks of 2017 are cranking by this whole year has really cranked by you know i mean do you feel that because it's really blowing my mind but in any case we are in full force here at the Modern Recordist, and that feels good. You know, I would be lying if I let on that I felt like I'm totally back in the groove as far as producing weekly episodes of the podcast. But things do feel like they are are really getting there. You know, I, I really do feel like I've been able to settle into a groove with this podcast that I've never really had before. And I think a big part of that is because I've managed to elevate the production value of the show a bit with some intro music and, and, and a dedicated website for the show. You know, when I originally launched the Modern Recorders back in like mid-2015, those were two elements that were a part of my original vision, but at the time I found it hard to make time to put these things together. But when I decided to finally bring the show back at the urging and request of so many of you, by the way, I was determined to get these remaining elements pulled together, and I couldn't be more happy with how it all turned out. If you've not already, make sure you swing over to the site at modernrecordist.com. Here you can listen to every show we've put out to date, and you can, uh, if you enter your email address into any of the forms that you will find all over the site, We'll make sure to keep you in the loop on all things that have to do with the Modern Recordist. And this includes tipping you off to key episodes that may be of particular interest to you, cluing you into recording techniques or songwriting tips or discussions on creativity, and even giving you a heads up on some special resources that we're aiming to put together in the future. So head over there. I'd love for you to check out the brand new site. I mean, I guess it's 
you know, it's been live for eight weeks now, but I'm still calling it brand new because I still think of it that way, and I'm really proud of it, and I want to show it off. So please do me a favor and go check it out. Drop a line over at uh, the contact page, and I'll check that out. It'll come to me and let me know what you think of not only the website but also the podcast. I'd love to hear about what you've gotten out of listening to The Modern Recordist. So all that is over at modernrecordist.com. Also, if this happens to be the first episode of the podcast that you've ever checked out or if for some other reason you're not subscribed, make sure you get subscribed. The Modern Recordist has been on iTunes since the beginning, but if iTunes isn't your thing, you can now find us on Stitcher as well. So fire up your favorite podcasting app, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap the little subscribe button there. While there, please take a very quick moment to leave a rating and review. Good and honest ratings and reviews are just a tiny little something that goes a very long way towards cluing others into the value that you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. All right, let's get into the show. Our guest today is an independent musician, artist, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. He's a member of the band Zaz and someone I've worked with on several projects, including an EP by the band Zaz entitled The Transition that I produced a few years back. But he's also a solo artist, and he's released a few records on his own, which we're going to talk about. People, I present to you... Sean Sunderland. Killer. Hey. Sean, what's up, man? Not much, man. How's it going? Going good, man. Um, it's, you know, I, like I said before we turned on the mics just a second ago, I like to save as much small talk as possible, you know, for the mics. And right. so, uh, which is actually hard for me to do because um because i talk too much but in any case <laughs> uh welcome to the show man and thanks for swinging by and making time this morning to be on and um yeah and have a chat man it's it's cool and, and this is you know i was thinking about it before you came over um kind of trying to maybe talk think about maybe some talking points and, and whatever but um i was thinking about it and i was thinking about the last time that we actually hung out mm-hmm. or or saw each other, which was, I think, when you came by to record some drums at the studio. Yeah, a year ago? I, I, I was trying to figure that out. If it was a year ago, if it was more than a year ago. It rained like hell, yeah. so it wasn't winter quite, probably. I think it was <laughs> a spring, so it might have been spring 2016, like a March or something. I, I think... That's when it was. So a little over a year ago. Maybe yeah. I don't know, would that be like a year and a half ago or, or even more than that? But in any case, dude, yeah, it's awesome, man. It's been a while and there's it's like it's funny how just time goes by like that, you know? Yeah. And lots of lots of time in between hanging out. But in any case, man, I'm looking forward to being able to to, to catch up. Mm-hmm. And you reached out I think since you recorded the drums that time. 
there was twice because it was like you came by, you recorded the drums, yeah. and then it was like a few months later, a good handful of months later, you sent me an email and you're like, "Hey man, check out this record I just did," and you had done a whole record. You like whole, did a whole record. Yeah, sent me a link. I listened to it. it was I mean, I, it was like ten songs or something like this. It was a good. Um, eight to 10 songs, listened to it. I was like, dude, that's awesome. You know, and we kind of had a little bit of a dialogue and then a full year goes by. We're kind of like, don't talk. And then you reach out to me. Hey man, check out this record I did. <laughs> and it's a whole nother record. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's, it was killer too, man. And so at that Thank point you. I was just like, well, I need to have you on the show. We need to talk about the, we talk, we need to talk about these records you've been making and among among whatever else we need to talk about, but, yeah. But there's things we should talk about, and I thought let's make a podcast episode out of it. So here you are, and and uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Glad yeah. to be here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, man. Awesome. So let's just talk about it. Let's talk okay. about the most recent record, and let's let's get in. Let's let's jump off there, and we'll wherever else it goes from there. But um, the most recent record, you just put that out, right? I mean, it's been September. Okay, in I September. Yeah. So so like a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um so and you did all of it yourself, all wrote it, it and all of it. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh yeah, wrote wrote, mixed, played all the instruments, all that stuff. Mostly just because uh what I learned from the first record is that that that's a great way for me to work. And you know, like when we recorded that Zaz record a long time ago, we, that was one day in the studio and we did six songs, I think, something like that. Then I came into the studio that one day and did drums. Yeah. That was one day, yeah. basically. And I learned from those experiences that it, there's good and bad, but the tough part being that it is only one day. Yeah. And so there's just so much stuff that you're always unhappy with if you only get one day, um, even if it sounds like, even if it sounds great, the feel is kind of weird. You know, you don't get that much time to think about it and yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah, I just started that that first record. I you know I did on a laptop with, yeah. with like a two channel yeah. interface, and I just had all the time that I needed yeah. to to work on stuff. Yeah, and it and it does like. What I learned is that it, for me, it does take like months and months and months of listening and rewriting and redoing uh-huh. until the stuff feels ready for me. Yeah. Even if like the production quality is a little bit, yeah, you know, not professional. Sure. But uh, but yeah, I did did both those records completely by myself. Yeah. So that was just that was just like. Because when I remember, because um, I can't even remember how you, when you came by back in 2016, early 2016, and we recorded those drums. I can't remember how that came about. Like I don't remember if I reached out to you and was like, "Hey, man, what's going on? You, uh, you know, do you need anything?" Or if you reached out to me or whatever. But however it worked out, we ended up doing that day to record the drums. And uh, I remember us kind of in small talk between takes and stuff. You, you were just, you had expressed like, yeah, man, I mean, just, it's been too long since we recorded. Yeah. Because to back up even further, you you know, you, you mentioned Zaz. Tim actually was on the podcast last week. 
Okay. So so he came by and we had a, a conversation. Cool. So um uh but yeah, we had worked you and I worked together on the Zaz record and you played drums on that record. Um because that's like you're in that band. Like you were mm-hmm. you know, a band member of Zaz mm-hmm. playing drums on it. And um and then and that was like 2012, I think. Jeez, yeah. Well, yeah, something I like don't that. Remember. <laughs> and and so then, like you know, three or four years in between these some projects here that we've been talking about, and and then so in between takes, where you and I now we're working. 2016, we're doing some drums on on some stuff, and and you had just I remember you expressing like, yeah, it's just been too long since I just I'm dying to make something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um. So, so it was kind of like, you know, again, like, I guess you're just, instead of, because of, you know, with a band, it can just be, and when you're in a band that maybe you're not necessarily the principal songwriter mm-hmm. and people just sort of go their own ways. And it, it, sometimes it's just like, yeah, you know, a lot of time can just be sitting around. Yeah. Well, I dude, from doing that first Zaz record from like, from then until now was a a very I learned so much from doing that that first uh-huh. record because I learned that I wanted to be way more involved than just playing the drums. Yeah. Like the the day of tracking drums that first day was like that was like the easy day. That was kind of, it wasn't certainly wasn't boring, but it yeah. was like you know, that was probably the least one of the, I don't know, the least memorable I guess cuz like the two months or whatever after that that we spent mm-hmm. in your your studio working and writing and coming up with the parts and stuff, you know, yeah. that was like, I tried to be there the whole time. Right. And I learned that like, wow, you know, I'm much more, I need to be doing more. I want to be doing mm-hmm. more. And then from there, it was like drums. I still played all the time, but they took kind of a back seat, or it was more like this other part of me came to the the forefront yeah. like like writing music writing songs playing piano all of that stuff so but then so much time went by and I wasn't in any bands you know playing yeah. drums and right. I was like shit man I'm tired you know you get sick of writing just being alone in the studio all the time so you yeah. think like I just want to start playing drums again so yeah. I, t- I called you and I was like you know what Tim's got all these songs yeah just sitting there and yeah. and I'm gonna see if he wants to do some of them yeah so yeah i picked out like one that i really wanted to do and i was like okay well i'll you know i'll get the studio time i'll do all yeah. that stuff and right and so that's that's what that was yeah um but it was a bit of like uh i don't know what to call it like i got a little too excited i think about that because it was just one day and i wasn't extremely happy with like how I played mm-hmm. afterwards. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, that was just, I learned a lot from sure. that experience yeah. too. Um, and then tracking drums by myself in my own little room, you know, I realized mm, that this seems a lot better in some ways mm-hmm. that I haven't been able to quite, figure out (laughs) yeah yeah because i mean and i think what you're what you're hinting at with that which it it is the essence like the essence of 
It, I mean, it's all about the music. It's mm-hmm. all about the performing. It's not about the place that you recorded it mm-hmm. or, you know, it's not about the gear that you used and, you know, it, it's, that's why when, when, um, I worked with Zaz, like when you guys found me and we started talking about working together and we put together the project, we started working together, you know, there was, I think three or four, because normally it's even more than this, but you guys were already such a tight band very good players, very well rehearsed, spent a lot of time together that we, you know, I still, I wanted to do, I wanted to do a lot of pre-production and rehearsals, mm-hmm. you know, and with you guys, I think we only did three, three sessions, like, th- like maybe two, I don't remember, but it was not a whole lot of yeah. like, normally if a lot of times if I'm working with a band to produce a record, I'll come by and we'll do, I, I just want to spend a lot of time in pre-production and rehearsal where I'm going to come by and drop in on rehearsal mm-hmm. and we're going to spend a lot of time. I'm going to watch how people play it. I'm going to watch how the band interacts. I'm going to watch, I'm just going to hang out on rehearsals. I'm going to have some opinions. I'm going to say, well, maybe we should try this or that. And I'm going to, you know, and so m- most of it, like when making a record for me and my style and how I coach people through it and, 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 produce it is to actually make a lot of decisions and a lot of the work is done before we even get into the studio right you know and so what i think you know what you're what you're kind of talking about like when you're saying well i learned this and that i think it is that i think it is like you're you know because you can have a a great recording engineer and great gear and a great room and a great studio and all that but like, that's not the point. I mean, mm-hmm. you you have to. It still needs to be a great song, and it still needs to be sort of things need to be worked out, you mm-hmm. know, and things need to be shaped. And I think that's kind of what I hear you saying when you're saying, you know, I learned a lot of those experiences, and and when you're kind of articulating the difference between those experiences you know, going in for a day and playing drums versus when you just did it at your house on just like in a room, in your room yeah. with a little bit of the little bit of gear that you had, you yeah. know, but you were able to spend time like, well, what am I trying to get at here and work those ideas out and go mm-hmm. down these, these roads, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in the end, coming away with something that seemed like it hit your vision more, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, and that's that's it, man. That's what it's all about. It's all about the song, mm-hmm. you know, and the music. Yeah. And like like I was saying before, uh, we even turned on the mics, and I was just kind of talking about, like, recording a podcast. It's like, dude, I just, I've been experimenting on some of these episodes just turning on my iPhone because it's not about trying to have some sort of incredible audio quality or something. It's about did I capture and convey an idea that impacts with people? Did this conversation go somewhere that's going to impact people? Yeah. You know what I mean? The honesty. Yeah. Really. Right. That, that that's one of the things too. I felt like, uh, at least for me, and this is probably just my personality, but if I, if I have more time to be alone and to think and to like, let just have a time span where I can really, think I think what you're trying to what I'm trying to do there is get to a place of 
honesty. And mm-hmm. so it's like, if you're going into a, a kind of intimidating studio for a day and you're not a, you're not like a professional, mm-hmm. like I'm not a professional, <laughs> uh, then you kind of have to, you have to like psych yourself up mm-hmm. to almost pretend to be something that deep down, maybe you're not quite there yet. And so you can sort of fake it until you make it for, mm-hmm. for that, that day. But then a little time goes by after that and you're like, ah, there's just something missing. Like the soul is missing. You know, yeah. it's not something isn't there. So like the records that I've done, the two that I've done, if I were to have had the money to get a, a lot of studio time or something like that, I think there would have been quite a bit missing from those, those albums, like the heart and soul Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been there. And I would have been unhappy, I think with quite a bit of it. Now having done those two and moving into more records, I think you'd, you, you just mature and you do want the better production quality. And I think it's like having paid your dues. Now you feel like, okay, now I have the confidence to lay my heart on the line in an intimidating environment, yeah. like in a bigger space with like other people around, mm-hmm. you know? So, so yeah. I think, you know, I, I think it's probably just experience level. You know what I mean? Like, I think um, a lot of that, a lot of, a lot of, um, like, how how quickly can you sort of hit the mark of what you're kind of trying, you're, you're after, mm-hmm. even in a scenario where maybe it feels like there's kind of more on the line or something, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, I, I think, A, I don't think that ever happens. Like, I don't think that what you, what you sort of have in your mind as the idea that you're after. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think that no. in the end you ever are like, Oh wow. Like I got to the finish line. This is complete. And that's exactly, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't think that ever happens, but you know, there is definitely a difference between a person who has made, you know, 500 records or something versus a person who's made three records, you, yeah. you know, to, and so maybe that person who's made 500 records, they still are like, yeah, I mean, this isn't w- what I sort of in- imagined in my mind. But through that process, they've figured out, they know something like they're intimate with like, yeah, but that's just the process. I know the difference between like what I imagine it to be in my mind, but then just being able to be comfortable in the process and sort of allow for that process of discovery to happen mm-hmm. and go, okay, well, this isn't necessarily what I imagined, but it's killer. I mean, this is great. And I'm, you know, let's, let's be in the moment and go with that and kind of just find a flow versus a, a person who may have only made three records and is still kind of, they just don't have the experience mm-hmm. under their belt to know sort of, yeah, this is just how it works. And, you know, and then maybe are overthinking things and, you know, they, there's a lot of, I, I just don't know what I don't know. Yeah. Where the person who's been doing it a long time, 
they know that um, there's there's just that process of, I guess, discovery in the moment. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think, you, you know, that's kind of what I hear you talking about is like, you know, you do, you pay your dues and, um, and you just sort of just rack up experience, just yeah. log time, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 But it's all really, <laughs> the great part is it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that's what you're doing at the time. Yeah. And that's, what's I don't know, odd about it. Oddly like magical is like while you're making it, it just feels great and like yeah. after the fact you're like wow uh, net then the next thing the next song or whatever is so much better in your mind you know yeah. better in a quality wise uh-huh and but it didn't feel that way when you're making it like when you're making it you didn't feel like man i'm a loser but at least i'm learning it just felt like this is great and i'm learning yeah. so yeah yeah paying paying your dues is like it's a good term for it but it it's uh it's lacking a little bit of the romantic aspect like mm-hmm. the magical aspect of while it's happening it's yeah. phenomenal yeah yeah have you ever have you ever thought about you know um have you ever thought just about production like just finding whether it be you know clearly because these two records that you've done now since we worked together with the the in the Zaz situation and then you went off kind of made your own records you wrote your own records you produced them and everything did it all so, you know, have you ever thought about when, when you're, because a couple of things, you know, as you've racked, now you, you have racked up some experience. I think there's something to be said for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, it's like you, there's, there's time that goes by where you're not making a record and you want to be making a record, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, have you thought about that? Have you thought about, let me just channel the in, in energy here and find, you know, another artist to produce, find some stuff, just like sit in the producer chair and put something together, approach another artist and put some projects together and just get into the studio with them, you know? Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> now, I tried to do that once when I was way too young to be doing it, but, mm-hmm. but, but no, I do think, yeah, I think I could, I think I could, yeah, it's definitely worth exp- exploring. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just another mountain. Like you, you feel like you're not qualified for it, but yeah, you, you probably, you probably are more than you you think you are. Well, I can tell you absolutely you're ready like you're you're totally qualified to do it it's just a matter of whether or not i guess a you want if you if you want to go that direction if that seems like something that would be cool to you i mean maybe it's not maybe it's not something you know there, there's a lot of people out there even like you know there's a lot of bigger artists out there celebrity type people who have made a lot of records and a lot of influential records and written a lot of stuff as artists but you never see them come up as producers. And I was thinking about this with some, with some, you know, artists that I follow. It was like, they've had multiple decades worth of music making. I put out a lot of records, but, but they continue to just be artists and they never produce. So it's just like, well, okay, that's just not what they want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like, if you want to do it, you can do it. And then the other part of that is, um, you just, it's that imposter syndrome to believe, well, yeah, I could totally do it. Yeah. And yeah. just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, that, that's, that's probably a really great idea though, too, because, um, it's, 
a more immediate way of helping others mm-hmm. too. If it would, I think, because for I'm sure so many artists, you know, it's like you make records, and your ultimate goal is for you want them to be useful to other people. Yeah, and for at least for me, without that, it's hard to find a reason. I mean, I'm gonna always do it because I can't help it. Yeah. But the goal is for it to be useful for, for others, for a community of people. So that's a lot to ask, though, it feels like sometimes mm-hmm. as, a, as a solo artist. So, yeah, if you could get in on a, on a use your skills and your, your talents and your creativity to help another artist just like yourself. Yeah. That, that would be, yeah, you're right. That'd be awesome. And, and you have the experience. I mean, you've got you've got the experience in very in a lot of different capacities. There's definitely, and you know, I mean, it's also just like every producer. It doesn't matter, like whatever producer you're talking about. I mean, those people only come to a project and contribute a certain specific skill set. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's not anybody who comes to a record making situation and just contain and just has some sort of like you know, is completely accomplished in every single yeah. music making capacity. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they yeah. Don't, they, when it really comes down to it, those people are a specialist in one or two mm-hmm. areas and they just go after that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why a lot of, you know, it's why it, you'll see a lot of artists from record to record switch producers because they're like, well, we want to explore a different avenue in our music making and this for this place that we're at right now this producer fits that place you know and it's like probably not on the next record you know and we definitely we didn't make that decision on the last record because we were trying to we were in a different place artistically we're trying to make a different mm-hmm. statement and it just you know we needed another person yeah that kind of fit that that knew how to do that new you perspective know? yeah totally yeah you know so i mean yeah you you can if Anyway, that's just my my thought. It just really, I think it it comes down to whether or not that's something that would be seem cool to you, and whether or not you want to do it. But I, I just I I see and and having experience with you in the studio on a day to day basis, yeah. like you know spending you know months with you at the studio and just kind of seeing you know just being in the process with you. Mm-hmm. It's like you definitely. That was one thing that was so cool about the Zaz project was, you know, there was a couple of things that were unique about it that um, you guys were, I I feel like such incredible musicians, like everybody in the band was very accomplished musicians. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were saying just a second ago, like, you're not a professional. Well, the only, like, I, I, first of all, I'm like, I I disagree. Like, I think you are a professional. Yeah. But, but maybe it's like, you know, you're not a professional. Maybe it's just like you mean, like you're not a session player. Like you're not getting hired as a hired gun. Yeah. That's what I was after. But you could be. I mean, you could be. With literally with a couple of phone calls. Yeah. You could if you wanted to. You know what I mean? So like the, the, the Zaz, that the band Zaz and that project was unique to me because of like the, the level of accomplishment it being like just like a what what you might call sometimes they throw around in Nashville the term custom project meaning it's just like it's it's a it's your own band that wrote your own music to perform your own music and make your own record and not mm-hmm. like 
you know, a group of songwriters that got together with session players to create an album that then another artist might get put on that album or like, you know, cut those songs and put it on their album. Hmm. That's not a, you know, do you follow what I mean? Like it's not a custom project. So you guys being a custom project and that level of musicianship and accomplishment, especially at like such a young age, I mean, it was just such a unique thing and just being so well rehearsed and having to me it's just like having a sense of kind of like what you wanted and then being able to execute those things Mm -hmm. you know and so just kind of going in and and working with you guys all in that context and um yeah i mean just knowing that if it's something that you wanted to pursue i mean you're totally there could do it i don't know man that's just a thought but yeah Oh, it just struck me. Yeah, definitely. Any, yeah, that's a good call. Any way I could help, and yeah, I think I'd be good at it too. Sure, <laughs> you should try it, man. Yeah. If you want to, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I'm very sensitive to to being one of those guys that says, "Well, you need to do this," or you know, uh, "You should think about that," or whatever. I try to, I think I used to be that way. Do it this way. Do it that way. And like, you should try this. But now I've kind of more recently pulled back and go, well, let me, do you want to do that? You know, and that's where I start with like people who are, you know, whatever, in various conversations that I have, maybe get into a place where I'm trying to help somebody solve a problem, Mm -hmm. some sort of problem, whether that's growing their career or whether that's trying to make a great record or whatever. And I think it's now it's like I try to come at it with like, well, what do you want to do? Uh-huh. You know, do you want to do that? Like instead of presupposing like, you know what I'm saying? If I'm sitting here, I'm like saying, well, you should go and produce records or something. It's totally something you should do if you want to do it because you'd be really good at it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to presuppose that that's what you want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that thing where you always see potential in other people. That that they don't see in themselves, but also it's <laughs> a lot of the times for some reason it's always the worst way to get people to do something. Yeah, to not to, not in this particular case, but like to tell them like you need to be doing this and right. you'd be so good at this if right. you did this. But really, what that amounts to a lot of times with people is that they're scared. They just have this fear. Sure. And so when and they know that they should a lot of times be doing that thing, whatever yeah. the thing is. And then some, they don't want someone though to come along and point right. it out, point out, Hey, you're not, you're not doing yeah. the thing you, uh, you're not using your, your full spectrum of talents yeah. here. You could be doing a lot more and a lot better. And a lot of people don't like to hear that, yeah. but they need to hear it. Sure. <laughs> I think that's true. I think that, I think that a lot of times it is fear that holds a person back. That's just like, Here's this skill set that I have, and I'd be really good at it, but they're not going after it because they are afraid. But I think there's quite often a lot of times when there's things that people don't pursue that they're really good at, but they don't pursue it because they're like, yeah, I yeah. just don't want that. I yeah, don't care yeah. about that. You I've, know? I've found that to be the case in every job I've ever had. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like starting work at like 16 or whatever, I've had so many different things from like upholstery to making like woodworking to video production to running 
you know, cooking. Yeah. And it's like, I learned all of those skills very quickly. Yeah. And most of it was because I had a boss that was like, I think they all saw that I could do those things and they just prodded me along. They just loaded me up with responsibilities that I didn't want. Right. (laughs) But they, but I handled them, but then there would always come a point, you know, you'd always reach the point of that hill and they would, it would come down to like, okay, he just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. It, this is not his like life force, right. you know, cooking or woodworking yeah, or whatever. Totally. He has, it, it just, yeah. So yeah, you've got to be aware of those, of those things. A lot of the times I've found that th- this also goes back to the, the drum thing is that I'll, when I didn't know what the hell was going on <laughs> in my life, yeah. I would always say, well, I've been playing drums my whole life, so that's what I am. You know, uh-huh. I'm a drummer. Right. That's what I am. And, yeah. you, and you, what you're doing there is you're simplifying all of the complexity around you into this manageable thing. Yeah. I'm a drummer. Yeah. And so then you devote yourself completely to being a drummer. And that's around the time when I booked that session with you is because uh-huh. that's what I was doing. But then you start like resenting the drums and you start sure. resenting your lifestyle. And it's like, well, you're trying to be something that you're not like, yeah. you're not just a drummer. You just love the drums. Right. But you're, you know, you, yeah, totally. You're a human being. So you, you're being pulled in all kinds of directions yeah. and yeah, totally dude. No, does I that can make I, sense. It totally does. Because <laughs> I was about to say, I can 100% identify. I think that I, I don't think, yeah, it's like, I don't think in a I know absolutely matter of factly nobody escapes kind of this process that we're describing you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. but also as I get older I become to realize that the process crops up over and over again in sort of like different ways yeah. throughout your life so you're talking about when you were younger and you were doing all these different things you were good at them and all of that. And I, th- and, and, and I think that like going through all of that and trying all those different things as you're younger, as you're, you know, growing, growing up and whatever, and just learning a, like, what am I good at? What am I not good at? But then also here's all these things that I am good at, but what do I like? Yeah. You know? And, um, and so it's a process of kind of, in a way, trial and error. Mm-hmm. Let me figure out what what I like to do. Like, let me, first of all, acknowledge what I'm good at. But let me also pay attention to what I like. And what you're good at and what you like, what you like, may or may not overlap. You know, they, yeah. They, yeah. You know so there's that. But then also... You know, I think it will crop up later in life. For example, this is completely anecdotal, but I'm just thinking about my life experience Mm -hmm. and where I'm at now. And as I, you know, like I was saying before we started talking, before we got turned on the mics, you know, I it it seems that like once a year I start to do these evaluations about like, okay, what, where am I right now? Where did what what have I sort of accomplished? What do I want? Like, what's next? Where do I want to go? You know. And it seems like, it like you know, it's nearing my birthday. November is my birthday month, and and I don't know if it's 
sort of subconsciously because my birthday rolls around <laughs> or because my birthday is sort of at the end of the year or whatever. But mm. whatever reason around this time I begin, it, it just seems to be some sort of natural rhythm of like I get into this mindset, start inventorying things like that, mm. you know. And I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm noticing that like that I'm doing less freelance production and audio engineering work mm-hmm. um and and i'm making I'm, I'm protecting my time more to put it together towards writing you know writing music writing my own music and kind of like performing my own music and stuff yeah and so i don't know i think that i think that it's a cycle that you revisit all the time in your life mm-hmm. you know like what am i good at but then you know, or what do I want to do? But throughout your life, it's like what you want to do might change, yeah. you know? And I think that, I don't think that, you know, I think in, in generations past, I don't know that people would like really take action on, well, what do I, what do I want mm-hmm. these life choices uh, as much as maybe our, our generation does, at least in, in sort of like a professional sense. I don't know. Yeah. But but you know, I, I'm I'm finding right now that I'm transitioning to you know somebody who's just like m- very much an audio engineer. You know, like if I'm um, because even my record production work comes has always come at it from the angle of audio engineer. You know, and trying to you know trying to be as mu- always trying to be very musical about it. But but still, like I didn't come at the production chair from a place of being a professional musician or being some sort of like, you know, recording artist or Mm -hmm. something. I came at the production chair from the angle of being a professional audio engineer, Mm -hmm. you know, and hanging out with other people who were record producers that kind of came at it from that angle and kind of learning it that way. And now I find myself wanting to be somebody who is less involved in those technical things, Mm -hmm. less less concerned with, the technical aspects of making a record, like what mics are we going to choose and how are we going to place them on the instruments and, you know, whatever, how are we going to record it? Like all those sort of, you know, uh, recording studio choices to more of like a person who is concerned with like creating art and being in that place and being a person who is more of a, has thoughts to share and actually, you know, makes efforts towards sharing those thoughts in a sort of a public forum, you know, and sort of galvanizing a group of people around an idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of been for me, what sort of change. And I'm sort of like seeing that I'm changing my, my choices and what I'm after in life. Hmm. You know what I mean? That's a big tangent. I I was responding to something that you had said, but um, like you weren't expecting that to happen. Well, I think, I think that I was. You just sort knew, of. Like, I, I think it is. A, I think it kind of goes back to the fear thing that you were saying. I think that okay. I, I kind of realized that, like, I was avoiding it out of some some sort of like a fear kind mm-hmm. of a thing. You know, yeah, the imposter yeah. kind of thing yeah, too totally. as well. Probably one hundred percent. I I I suffer from that as so many other people do all the time. You know, yeah. this imposter syndrome thing. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. I wish I had the. I wish I had the the engineer. Well, that's. I, it seems to me that that seems to be a a a conscientious like personality trait. 
What's en- that? Engineers tend like, tend to be like that kind of person. Not obviously not all the time, but like it's, even people that I've that I've worked with in in like video production. The so in- like like what type of person you mean? Uh, well, how do you consci- conscientious? Just okay. More the opposite of me, okay. <laughs> basically. Okay. So like a like a not so concerned with exploring ideas and like creative like like as far as microphones go mm-hmm. almost all of my equipment has just I've fallen into it sure and I've found that if it's there I'll use it yeah and I'll use it wrong but I'll use it but but like you know and I my mind jumps from one thing to another yeah very immediately, and that's what I do a lot of times in my studio space is just turn everything on and start, you yeah. know, and just like there's just cables and microphones everywhere hanging yeah. from the ceiling. It doesn't matter what they, they right. are. Yeah. I'll get, I'll play it, whatever it is. Uh-huh. I'll play it and I'll get a sound from it and, and, and that kind of thing. And if I had the opposite kind of, like I, my dream has always been if I had an engineer yeah. who could just keep up you know, yeah. and they could just somehow see the future of what I'm going to do yeah. and know exactly how to execute actually getting the, like sonically the best sound yeah. out of that. And so I think engineers have the personality traits less of like, uh, for lack of a better word, creative side and much more focused on the details, you know, a plan, um, the facts, you know, how yeah. to actually execute the the right sound. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's I think it's a little. I, I don't know if. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a blend of both. Because if you're if if you're to be an engineer who's one hundred percent scientific, I mean, like I when my experiences of of working with a lot of different people in various studios in various situations, you see a person. The more I this is my feeling. The more scientific they get the more they end up like kind of getting out leaving like the less you see them actually in the studio like the people that i know are that are the most scientific engineers that are very you know it's the science of it it's very factual it's very you know it's not like necessarily an art, you know what I mean? Those mm-hmm. people end up being techs, and yeah. they, and from what I see, yeah. that work on the gear, that that refurbish the gear, that 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 build the gear, that install the gear, that that ma- they maintain the gear when it breaks and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, and not necessarily, or they invent a new piece of something or another. They become microphone manufacturers, or they become, um, you know, outboard gear manufacturers or computer programmers, you know, and they don't necessarily make records. Now I'm sure that you can, I I know matter of factly, for example, George Massenberg, a person who does both. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are people like all the techs that, that all the techs that I've ever met do participate in some kind of recording sessions, Mm -hmm. but that's not how they make money every single month. And they're not making records that are widely known you know Mm -hmm. they're not 
you know, you know what I mean? They're not innovating necessarily in that space. Um, so I think that like the, the people who are sort of like these engineers that make these records and they're always, you know, they're on all kinds of records and every day they're making records and some of them may be critically acclaimed records. Some of them might not be or whatever, but they're getting paid every single day and they're pushing faders and they're plugging in microphones. And they're, I think those people are sort of a mixture of both. And I think a lot of times you see, um, I don't know, man, maybe it's like, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's the difference between a person who is a recording artist Mm -hmm. and a person who is a professional musician, right? Mm -hmm. Like a person who is writes songs and records songs versus a person who has like a seat at the Nashville symphony or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And the people, the person who has a seat at the Nashville symphony or the, the, or the, the critically acclaimed classical pianist or whatever, probably composes their own stuff Mm -hmm. sometimes right there's a portion of what they do that where they compose their own stuff but most of the time like that's not what they're really known for right and i think it might be kind of that with like a person who's an audio engineer who's making these records versus a person who's like a super scientific person who's you know a tech who's inventing new stuff and fixing gear and writing programming code and stuff like this you know what i mean yeah that that's Man, all of that, that's just way over my head as far as like the, the complexity of personalities. Cause I would, I would, yeah, it goes back to me trying to convince myself that I'm a drummer solely. And I think that's just not like, I don't have the, it's not my mind. That's not yeah. the, the brain I have. Yeah. I'm, I'm more, I'm more of a, the kind of person to sort of jump around, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm ready to play something else yeah. at, at this point. And and so, yeah, when you look at like a virtuoso on a, on a on an instrument, it's like, I w- yeah, I wonder if they're mm, they have like a more conscientious type personality applied to an instrument. Yeah, like they they're ready to just you know destroy that instrument. Yeah. Like this is mine now, and yeah. I'm going to completely focus all my energy on yeah. this. And yeah. It's a really interesting. It's a really interesting thing to think about because I don't think like that at all. Now I play. I play music. I write music. I, uh, you know, I'm a part of me as a musician, and I want to transition to being more of that than I have been. But I think it is a specific mindset to be a person who is. I, you know, I don't know specific names. Can't pull them out of my head right now, but the guy who is like the best piano player in the world, the best cello player in the world, the best whatever, the best guitar player or something. You know, I think it's just interesting, like their mind and their concept of music and the instrument is Mm -hmm. a completely different thing than a person who's like, I think that they would think about that totally different than like even somebody who's like maybe Brian May or, Mm -hmm. or somebody who is like, um, you know, maybe John Mayer, you know, like people who are, you know, Keith Urban or somebody who's, you know, known to be a great player and musician, but they're like really known to be an artist, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, And the person who's like the best guitar players in the world, I don't think, it's just interesting, like, yeah, the way they would conceive of music and that instrument 
is a totally different planet, I think. Yeah, you reminded me too, I was going to say earlier, um, about, I think a good example I like to bring up is the synthesizer, Yeah, the, the origins of that. Uh-huh. That to me is the best example of this, you know, tech, conscientious, uh, engineer type mind making a synthesizer, Uh like make, making something that most, uh, you know, creative artists just won't, wouldn't ever be able to do. But the marriage comes when like they've made the synthesizer and artists get a hold of it. Yeah. And they just see like a thing to play. Right. It's just this otherworldly perspective that this, the people who engineered the synthesizer are like, what are you doing with that thing? Yeah, what yeah. I, I would have never yeah. thought to do that. So that's like the perfect marriage yeah. of how those worlds just come together perfectly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really interesting to think about all that. To, I don't know. Yeah. To think like, try to put yourself in another perspective of like, how does this person think about it? And it's like, you have the person who is the, scientist and you have the person who is the like virtuoso and you have the person who's the artist those are like different mindsets you know Mm -hmm. maybe every once in a while you have a polymath like da vinci or somebody who's kind of all of it but like really it is it's like a different thing yeah it's crazy man and they're just they they need each other yeah so badly yeah you know sure that's uh yeah i think when you the you realize that too, the more you do it and just the more you live, you go, well, I've tried to be that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that. That's why I'm going to need help. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And letting go of it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not that. And you know, I've tried to be that or whatever. And just kind of coming to realize is like, Hey, I don't need to be that B. I don't want to be that. Let me find the person who does, who identifies with that so deeply that that's like what they live and breathe. Let me hook up with that person so that I can, have space to let go of that and focus on the thing that I want to be incredible at. Help you know? each other out. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, I, I probably people will keep coming to mind. I've actually kind of avoided bringing him up because I bring him up on like every podcast, <laughs> but my musical hero, Billy Corgan, right. Mm-hmm. I've been, because he just put out a new record. And so I, I've kind of gone back and, kind of because now YouTube has become, you know, YouTube has grown as a platform m- more than it ever has in the past. So in other words, there's just so much more of a deeper level of content that you can find on YouTube that even a year or two, three ago you couldn't find, you know? And so I've been going down this YouTube rabbit hole of like Billy Corgan and finding all kinds of different stuff, interviews, international interviews, whatever, just videos he's made and different things that that I've just been able to go down the rabbit hole and see all these sort of different angles sort of that mm-hmm. like that I've never kind of seen into his life before and um and I and and you know I've, I've kind of I've been studying it's it's been interesting because there's a few things that came up that I looked into that kind of showcased behind the curtain of Billy Corgan's writing process that I've not ever really mm-hmm. seen that before mm-hmm. And it really does. It's fascinating because it really it helps me gain perspective as a music creator. The difference between what is it like when Billy Corgan conceives an, of an idea, 
mm-hmm. versus what is it like what what's the final product you know and you're kind of like oh, yeah. seeing this process okay. yeah I bring it up with Billy Corgan because he's probably the the the, the artist that I've studied the most just because like that yeah. music I, I just was really drawn to his music over you know and it's just had the most impact on me yeah and so yeah and just hearing him in interviews talk about his writing process and his philosophy you know mm. and stuff and um yeah it's been really interesting that's been a really interesting thing and like you can do that with today because the because of the way that youtube is you can probably just f- find think of whoever you want and you can probably go down that rabbit hole even if it's like an actor or a comedian or you know a musician or whoever you know, and you can look into this process of create creation in a way that you've really kind of never been able to do with the people who are sort of like the top players. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's really interesting because suddenly you kind of realize, oh, like I was kind of making up a story about how all this process worked, and it was and what, it's not sim- that. Sim- di- just different, simpler than it you was. Thought? Yeah, it was a lot more simple, and it was a lot more. Off the cuff, I bet. yeah, off the cuff yeah. and rugged, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like just Bad. kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds... I mean, it's it's yeah, it's really <laughs> interesting because you you're like you're like oh, well, that's the ideas that I come up. I've been coming up with yeah. the same kind of a quality of idea, but I've dismissed them, yeah, because it didn't sound like what ended up on this. I'm, yeah. you're, in other words, you're comparing yourself to a finished yeah. product, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that yeah, that's the thing too. You're comparing yourself to. Like I was saying about, just from my experience, you're comparing yourself to six months of you know something growing. Yeah. Like, like yeah, you're you're yeah, you're, you're looking at your idea and then you're looking at, or more than that, if you yeah. have the time, a year's worth of Billy Corgan, you know, and working like and not pounding only, on this idea for yeah, a year. That, but not only that, but. Because in all, in, in from what I can tell, actually, what I've been one of the things I've been really amazed at with Billy is how quickly he's comes up with these ideas. But here's the thing: is that what you're not realizing is okay? So you're comparing yourself to this finished product, this thing that you're listening to, this this album that makes an impact with you. Yeah. And it's not just Billy Corgan, right? It's Billy Corgan comes up with this idea, but then he connects himself with other people who are the best yeah. of the best yeah. that help him shape that idea and and it ends up on a record because he had you know other he had like Jimmy Chamberlain involved in his great ideas yeah. he had Flood and Alan Mulder yeah. and and Butch Vig and all these other people involved to shape to shape the idea mm-hmm. you know and to elevate that to another thing yeah you know? yeah it yeah it is a I was listening to uh, David Gray talk about the older he gets, the more he doesn't hold on to his ideas. Uh-huh. Like as soon as they're, as soon as he has some ideas, you know, he, he takes it to the, the people he's working with. Yeah. Whereas when he was younger, you know, he would sit on it and work on it for, yeah. until it was basically done. Yeah. And then there's not much room for anybody else to do right. anything. It's like, I already know what I want you to do. So, do it and that's probably where you'd want a session like a musician in a way yeah um yeah that 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 must be a hard thing to do because i i haven't 
really attempted that yet since I've just done everything. Yeah. But it might it but I know that the the payoff would be obviously amazing, but finding yeah, finding just other artists. I mean, it's just the collab the 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 magic of collaboration is pretty unbelievable. Totally. And and it's part of that's a trust process, right? Like you're going to you're going to bring to people an idea that's like I had this idea, I wrote this song last week or whatever, and it's like can be scary because it's like I'm not really sure is this like something that sound is this like am I gonna sound like an idiot you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah and like bring it to somebody who can that you trust that will see a will really see it for truly what it is and b they've done it yeah you know they the they won't they won't be like well, I don't get this this is terrible even if it's like that permutation of it isn't so good, they'll be able to go, but I know what you mean by this. Yes. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That that's that's all I, that's a fear to get over too, is like I was saying earlier, like if you start going into the studio with other people, it's like one of my fears would be all of the weird stuff. All the weird noises I make. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> all of the, the, just the terrible ideas, the ones that just don't make it, but, but are completely necessary yeah. to do. But yeah, if you're, if you're with another person who's creative, you know, who, then they know exactly what you're doing. Right. And, and it doesn't matter. Right. It's all part, it's all part of right. it. Right. So and they see the, they see the potential in, in it all that maybe even at some points you don't, you can't yeah. see right now or yeah. something. You know, yeah, that's really, that's, that's, that's really awesome. That's super powerful. So what, like, okay, so let's talk about specifically okay. the record that you just mm-hmm. finished making and you just put out. Mm-hmm. What was, what was the writing process like there? I mean, those songs were, how many songs was that? Eight. Eight I songs? Think, I think eight. And so... How did you did you write those songs very slowly over time? And Some like, of them. Okay. <laughs> it's a. I've all, I, one thing that Tim from Zaz. I was always amazed that Tim did is he always had like two hundred songs just like ready. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. which I always thought was just like, well, he's a genius. Uh huh. And he's he's he is. But but I have realized that uh, that's probably the case with a lot of people because I also have just. A lot of songs, yeah. but they don't all fit together on on a, like when a record comes together, it's strange how so, some songs are like much more complete than other ones, but yeah. you just know it's like, it just doesn't work with the rest of the songs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like the last song on that record, Tucson, is probably like, I, I wrote that song directly after I released that first record. So okay. that's like a year or more, probably older than that. Yeah. And then there's other songs on there like uh there's a song called a calling which is was maybe two months okay a two-month writing process two months like complete the whole thing like writing and recording and everything okay so so does it so so is that kind of like with these records and it's a you know this 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 music I, i am interested in that process for you because it's it's like a unique it's a unique textures, unique atmospheres, just a unique approach. And it's when you listen to it, it's not, and I could be wrong about this. I, I don't know. I'm interested to, to hear you explain it because when you listen to it, it's not, you don't, 
sit down and when I listen to that record and think about what the writing process is like, I do not envision you sitting down with an acoustic guitar or an electric guitar and strumming out chords and writing hmm. lyrics and then, you know, like you would expect. Yeah. When when a person, when you think about, like, think about, I don't know, James Taylor writes a song. Right, right, right. You know, mm-hmm. you think, okay, he's like, okay, I want to write a song. Let me go get my guitar. Let me sit down with pen and paper, my guitar, and start, like, strumming stuff out and everything. But this is more orchestrated, like, than that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, to me, evoke, like, you sat down at a keyboard and played stuff, or you sat down at a guitar and came up with a song and then built stuff around that. It's like, it seems to me like... I mean, I don't know. Am I wrong? I mean, how? What was the writing process like for you? Was that's there... that's tough because it's just it's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, again, Tucson and some other songs like that really were just at sitting at this uh, really old ass grand piano I have. Uh huh. <laughs> um, this upright grand piano that I have, and uh, and just uh, yeah, just it, it was like that. It was just like playing some chords. Yeah. But it's really just about following the idea. Uh-huh. It's such a hard thing to describe. The, the following the little thing, the idea thing you're chasing. Yeah. So, you know, I want to say like with Tucson, that last song, I just sat down and like played played a chord. <laughs> and, okay. And then um, I just must have been in the right place because it just stuff started happening from there but others yeah other songs were like you you have a lyrical idea first or, mm-hmm. and and uh you start there i i will say going back to what we said earlier with every single pro- song and project in a bigger scale um yeah whatever you think you were trying to do completely changes as sure. you go. Yeah. Uh, the only thing you're trying to hold on to is not being just honest, just being honest yeah. the whole time. So even if it, even if you feel like a jackass or something while you're, you know, or yeah. if, it, if it's honest, that's the best you can do. So yeah, sometimes it was sitting down at the piano or the roads or, the computer or yeah, sometimes it was just with an acoustic guitar. Um, and other times it, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> sure. It was just different. Yeah. Different, different instruments kind of spark different things. And like you just sort of, it was, I mean, and, and when you listen to the whole record in the end, I mean, that's kind of what you get the sense that it was like, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not, I, I get the impression that it wasn't like, your standard, you know, I'm a guitar player who's going to pick up the guitar and write a song on the guitar. It was like, oh yeah, yeah. Part of it might start there, but then it floats to other yeah, places. Yeah. Okay, that that yeah. that would be yeah. That yeah. that that's a good way of describing yeah. it. Um, yeah, for sure. It's like, I mean, musical style wise and reference points. What would you? I mean, what what kind of influenced you? There? Steely Dan. Steely Dan. <laughs> yeah. They're they they're they're just always with me. Okay, you know, which is funny enough to 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 mention Tim again when I like auditioned for that band. He, he called me on the phone, and I think I was in the band before I 
even played a note because I told him I like Steely Dan. Really? Yeah. And then he was like, oh, you're in. Then. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, Steely Dan. I didn't know that story. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Gorillas, Radiohead. I think those are the ones I can think of. Okay. That it's just all of the stuff you've just had with you your whole life. Yeah. Show up. Sure. Totally. So, so uh, but lots of you, keyboards, lots yeah, of keyboards, yeah. um, but, but mostly cause I don't have an electric guitar. Okay. Like <laughs> if I can't wait to get one. So there's no guitar on the, on there's the... acoustic. Okay. There's acoustic guitar. That's it. Okay. Um, yeah, just because I don't have one. But if yeah. I had one, man, yeah, it'd be but all. You over. have a bunch. You have you have a bunch of you have a like a piano, keyboard, electric, Rhodes. electric. Yeah, uh, but you have so it was like an electric keyboards or mm-hmm. um, some synthesizers too. Syn- uh, yeah, well, yeah, no, no, like no, I don't have any like analog stuff. Yeah, but I've got like a Oberheim old Oberheim. I've got a Yamaha DX7, and then I've got a bunch of the. Uh, racks like synth racks with okay. sounds but then yeah the the pianos the roads acoustic guitar some drums a little bit although that this last record was before i was really tracking like the drum set okay that that's a recent thing but so so the so the drums that are on the record are what what are those drums uh, they're all samples for the the like most of the record okay just program samples samples that you did you like that you created or you just you found some libraries and stuff and yeah just used them okay that yeah and then yeah and Hor- then you just horribly you, messed with yeah and once you, i get a hold yeah of yeah them. that's yeah that's that's perfect so you kind of like resample them and like sort of make them your own and everything and a little bit of like i've got a i've got a an sm7 microphone uh-huh. and it was a, a lot of that record is like me t- holding taking that microphone around my room yeah my studio and like, you know, recording a snare drum or recording a cymbal or recording a trash can or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's, Just, that's great. And then yeah. messing with it in the computer. I mean, because, yeah, that, yeah, that's another thing that, that I love to do is while you're recording a song, wherever ideas come from, which who the hell knows where those come from, sure. whenever they show up, you just follow it. And so you might have the idea, I don't know, just like throw something against the wall and it's almost like that becomes your your constraint. It's like I didn't think. You you just think like I'm gonna use whatever sound this makes. Okay. And I, I that record's a good example, but stuff coming up is a better example of like following those strange, abs really abstract things. Uh huh. And like an idea might come out of whatever sound that made and you may yeah. or may not keep that sound, but yeah. it's going to lead you yeah. somewhere. So yeah. that would probably be a good example of not sitting down at a guitar or a piano. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you, so you have an SM seven, what's your, um, and what's your, what's your actual recording rig set up? Like what kind of, what, what software are you using? FL studio. Okay. So everything's recorded into that. Yeah. FL studio. A okay. little bit of, audacity okay some, in some certain places that i can't quite remember but yeah uh i built a computer okay that was great <laughs> you built your own computer for this specifically for this yeah or? i mean i okay. had a friend help me i was like okay. i need a music computer and okay we built he we built it together okay but that was like ne- needed 
Okay. Because like I said, the first record was on a laptop, like an old one. Yeah. And I was, it was dying. Okay. <laughs> there was no way I was going to make anything yeah. else on that. Yeah. Uh, so I got, yeah, I got that, that's the rig, basically that and uh, an interface that my dad gave me, like a, okay. like a f- uh, nice presonus okay. interface. So. Yeah. And so it's a, like a two channel interface? Or eight. Something? Oh, it's an eight channel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The first record was made on like a Focusrite. Okay. Uh, the, you know, the popular Scarlet yeah. 2 thing. Right. Okay. That was all made on that. Okay. So. But but with your eight channel interface, I mean, you were not, are you recording, is there any period of time where you're recording eight different microphones <laughs> at once or you're just sort of using a couple of channels yeah, at Yeah, just, just a couple at a time. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I, I'll probably, sometimes I'll do two or three, but yeah. that's just more like, sometimes what I'll do is if a song, I'll, I'll play a track and set up two or three microphones and just have them all recording. And I'll just like wander around my studio like a okay. weirdo. Okay. And just record something, play something. And if anybody heard that stuff, it would be so embarrassing. <laughs> so you just kind of like hit record and there's just nothing. It's a completely blank session. Hit record. You just walk around and just start messing around and hitting different things around the room until something's like, Ooh, there's something there. I'm going to go down that path and you just keep on. And then that's how a song begins to take shape. It can be. Okay. Yeah. Some, that's I mean, a cool way to do it. Sometimes it really is like I. I want I want to sit down at my piano and write a song and like I'll come up with a bunch of chords and cool chord transitions and cool choruses and lyrics like I'll I'll do it more traditionally um but you can only do that for so long for me man before it just you're just stare you like nothing's happening yeah. so you have to you have to be an artist and you just have to turn stuff on and and go yeah and I've got another project called Chatter, and okay. that is where a lot of that freeform stuff lives. Okay, but sometimes it's amazing how you can just start, you know, just turn microphones on, instruments on, and just record, and how that'll turn into like a, a like a song. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. I have no idea where that right. comes from. So when you when you have times where you're running up against like like just nothing's happening now and it just becomes it seems to be stagnant or something. Do you have any conscious sort of habits or or uh, tactics whatever that that you go to to break through that? That's what chatter is. Okay. Uh that's one thing. And then also I've noticed that uh, a routine is good. Routine okay. is helpful. So okay. like Working for a certain amount of time a day, uh, unless it's just a really good day, and then you just don't want to stop working. Yeah, yeah. But but making yourself uh, get out, just live life, go go exercise, and I or go outside hiking, whatever. Yeah, I find that doing stuff like that uh, eliminates a lot of that stagnant. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Um, because you got to go live. <laughs> so, yeah. If if you're just if you're just like a workaholic as far as like locking yourself in the studio, that's the romantic idea about uh, that artists have is like locking themselves away mm-hmm. for a week. I'm yeah. not gonna do anything but this, right? And that just never works yeah. for me, at least. It's, sure, you just get because what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just not living like a person. You're just right. And so, yeah. All the you know that that's one thing, and then but chatter is another one, like. Because the records under my name are very much like a, 
I want them to, they're songs. I mean, they're really just yeah. like, I like to structure them kind of in a certain way. But then, yeah, you want to break free of that and have absolutely no boundaries, yeah. no constraints or restrictions. Yeah. And so I have like another project for that, but I'm finding that they're really slowly starting to so, come together yeah. into one thing. Yeah. But that's cool, man. I, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, I, it, it's funny because I have, I sort of have two projects, neither which are public projects. Like it's not, that's what I'm saying. Like now I'm going to get to where I'm transitioning to that. I'm going to start releasing my own music and like stepping into more of the artist side of things mm-hmm. for a while. Because I think that one, it was like it became where being an audio engineer and producer, like we had talked about the very beginning of this conversation, it sort of stopped kind of being as interesting to me or something. And I kind of was like finding myself maybe being a little bit bored of it and kind of just not wanting to do it as much. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, so then I'm like, okay, well, one of the things that I've always kind of wanted to do that I've sort of been afraid to do is be an artist but also i think changing gears for a minute going down this path and exploring that will make me a better producer in the event that i want to turn back around and be a producer again like full-on producer all the time you know Mm -hmm. that's all i do i think it will make me a better producer Mm. so i have these two what you're saying about the chatter project and your your couple of projects i have two projects one of them i'm going to be putting out some music really soon on them on that one. Mm-hmm. But it's more of kind of an electronic based, synth based kind of thing. There's some guitar on it, but the rest of it's just like electronic based stuff with cool. guitar and vocal on it. And the reason that I went down that I started doing that was because I, I just got to a place with the other music that I was writing that I'm like, I, I don't even know what to do with the guitar. Like everything, <laughs> every time I pick up a guitar, it sounds terrible. I hate every idea. It's like, you know what I'm going to do then? I'm going to just do, I'm going to, not even touch the guitar. I'm going to write a whole bunch of stuff on a synthesizer and everything. And the guitar will be the last thing that I put on here. Yeah. You know, and that kind of did the trick, you know, yeah. it shook things up in a way for me. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. The chatter stuff's definitely like a, it's, it's almost like a fresh, like an it, frustration. Like it's an outlet for that frustration, mm-hmm. frustration you get of trying to write songs you just get yeah. upset almost. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You get yep. mad and so you vent. And yeah. uh, and that's w- at least how the chatter stuff started. It was definitely that. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. Cool, man. Mm. That's awesome. So um, so one thing I want to ask about, you, that, you were mentioning that um, Tim was on the podcast, like I said last week. And we got, I think, I don't know, I was talking with him about that Rhodes you have has an interesting story, doesn't it? Um, Is, am I right? Don't kind of. <laughs> it's got more of like a myth. I mean, okay. I don't know. That might be too grandiose. Okay. It was supposed to have belonged to the, the uh, one of the guys from the Eagles, but I don't remember his... Fry. Fry? Yeah. What's it? Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry. Yeah. Glenn Fry. Okay. Supposedly. Okay. That's the end of that story, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, if anyone finds that really interesting, then... So, <laughs> so like, so how did you come into that? Did you? My dad bought it oh, from bought it. from a guy who said that that's where he got it. Oh, okay. So okay. So allegedly it came. And then my dad was very protective of it okay. until I like turned. I don't know. I had a birthday one year. That's all I wanted was the roads. Okay. So he gave it to me, and uh, that's is slowly becoming like a go to 
instrument. Yeah. It's so fun. Really? I love that thing. Those so are cool, much. aren't they? I was I was at a, a flea market in the summer and they had one there. The guy was trying to sell it and it was like, you know, over a thousand dollars and I was like, I didn't come to the flea mm. market planning to spend a thousand bucks. So I'm playing around on it. He's a genius. The guy was genius because he had it all plugged up where you could just start playing on yeah. it. And it's just like, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not really going to walk away from this thing without buying it. He comes over. He's like, yeah, man, he starts talking to me and trying to like, he's like, you know, he's like, Oh, we, we, we take square and everything. And I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I just don't think I'm, I can't drop $1,200 today, you know? But yeah, I was playing around. And I was like, man, I really do. I walked away going, dude, I really do need one of these things. I've always thought it's just the the sexiest instrument yeah. ever made. And it's just so good. And it's got so much versatility. Yeah. I love it's it. It's like, I think to me, what really what really fires me up about instruments are, are when, I, when I feel like they can be extremely expressive. And mm-hmm. I think that the roads to me can be very expressive, you know, like, I like the weight to the keys themselves oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. have a certain kind of thing. Yeah. And then, you know, you can play it kind of softly and it has a yeah. certain kind oh, of yeah. feel and like sound to it. You can bang on it and yeah. it'll, it'll overload the, you know, you can mm. put you can plug it into different guitar amps. It'll sound different, you know, and I, that's the same reason I like the synthesizer. That's the same reason that I like the guitar, yeah. the electric guitar, mm-hmm. you know, because they're just, I think they can, it's hard to find anything that's more expressive. Yeah, you know? I think uh, for me, as far as pianos go, uh, the weight is was like perfect for a drummer because it's mm-hmm. like they're like little drumsticks. Yeah, I mean essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> inside of the piano, and right. so the first song on the new record um, is uh, the chorus or the yeah the choruses and the bridge are both. I was playing these like super fast sixteenth notes. Uh huh. And I would would like make chords out of that. Okay. So I would do like three takes okay. of like playing these, play, basically playing the roads like a drummer would play it okay. and doing it three times on different notes, you know, to make a chord. Okay. And I do stuff like that all the time. With That's the cool. Roads. Yeah. Cause it's just like a little drum set in so a way. You, so you would play like, it would be like some sort of chord you'd play like an inner one sort of like, like two notes out of it or something. Right. And then I, you would yeah. track over top of that two more notes and yeah, so on. Yeah. I would play one note, like a C. Okay. If, it, if it was like a C chord, I would play like a C, 16th note. So like, okay. bop, 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 bop. Okay. something you just couldn't do. So two do fingers on one key. Really fast. Okay. Yeah. And then like a, then a G or, or an E okay. to complete the, okay. the chord or do a fifth or, what, or okay. whatever. Yeah. And so I do stuff like that with the cool. roads all the time. Yeah. That's a cool idea. It's so great. So you record, so your main, your main platform, your main, um, DIW is 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 FL Studio. FL Studio. Okay. Thanks to Tim again. Yeah. So so that's so you yeah you pick that up from him. Like he uses that, and that's is that kind of why you use it? Yeah. Because he he was using it. Yeah. Our our keyboard player Dan gave me a pirated copy a long time ago, yeah. which I've since bought. Yeah. Purchased legally, <laughs> but but they gave it to me, and because that's what Tim was writing all his music on. Yeah. So I was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. And I didn't know anything. I mean, probably everyone was doing that in a way but I didn't know any better. So. Yeah. And then, and then, and then that's the thing too, of not being an engineer. It's like, I just know my way around that program now. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, that it's like, I know there are better programs, but yeah. I cannot muster up the like energy to learn a new pro uh, sure. program. Yeah. And I, I just don't want to do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I totally, I completely understand. Um, yeah, I I haven't really messed with that program too much. 
but there's a fair amount of just I guess sound design and it's kind of I get the impression because I've started messing around recently and I'm, I'm still kind of getting into it but um, Ableton Live mm-hmm. I get the impression that it is it similar have you ever messed with Ableton Live or? I have a friend who uses it who's been trying to make me use it for okay. several years but I and I've tried but didn't work yeah out. what I like the I like, what I like about Ableton is that it, it the the methodology behind it is 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 the idea of it kind of being a, an instrument you yeah, know and it's yeah. like if you could turn a piece of recording software into an instrument that with inside of that it has other instruments inside it you know what i mean you, that's kind of what ableton live is i sort of get the impression that ethel studio is kind of that too i mean i don't know i, I don't know i don't know i mean i can tell you that it seems like an instrument to me yeah and that, and that i would say that developers are taking note of that or something. Mm-hmm. I don't, however, programs get developed. You know, it's just that thing like the synthesizer. It's just it's a computer program that artists get a hold of and play it. Yeah, and then, you know, how they play it becomes popular. So the program gets developed to suit those needs. Yeah, and then, um, you know, before you know it, it's an instrument. Yeah, and and that's it seems to me it that's the way it looks to me. That's yeah. the way I use it and play yeah, it yeah, and yeah stuff like that yeah. cool man that's awesome what's the um what's the name of the new record uh i don't know how to speak french so i'm going to pronounce it horribly but okay. it's Ducer de vivre de vivre okay i can't do the vre yeah i don't have like, that little i can't do that <laughs> ability to flip your tongue this the right way or whatever so what's what does that mean uh the sweetness of living okay or the sweetness of life it's got a few translations and that's french mm-hmm. so how why why did you why'd you pick that uh, I was watching a one of my favorite BBC documentary series from the 90s called Civilization. Uh, a personal view by I always forget the guy's name, but uh, it's like a, a it's like a show about art history. Okay. And in civilization. Okay. And uh, one of the episodes mentioned that that phrase, and there was a little bit of story behind it, but it was really just like a kind of a passing by. Okay. mentioning and it just felt like it completely it just suited that record so much okay. compared to the first record this this record was so much more happy okay <laughs> just okay really was a i was just so pleased with life during most okay. most of it cool so yeah it just fit cool very well and so you just hunkered down and power through this I mean well you didn't I guess you didn't power through it because you were saying like it, it I guess it over time it was kind of like a recording writing process kind of wrapped together that lasted yeah. I will say that the, the the both records do have something in common as far as like all of the songs developed over a long time okay but then there was always like two or three months of like oh now I can do it I can do a record now yeah like I've got enough material yeah for a whole record right. So then it's like this very intense two and a half or three months of like heavy recording. Whereas like the year before that, it's kind of like up up and down. You know, you're always working, but yeah, you, you might, it's just more leisurely in a yeah. way. That's a, kind of the wrong sure. way to put it because you are working, but it's, yeah, it's, you're letting things, uh develop. Yeah. That takes a long time. But then once they're there, they're old enough. Yeah. Then it's like. You're honing those ideas. You're there's it's it, yeah. It's like a writing process 
versus like a recording process. Yeah. And there's probably a little bit of both in both processes, but one's kind of heavier on. Am I explaining that right? Like, I don't know. My when in my writing process, what I find is it's kind of the same. Like, it's it is a recording process, but the intention is to write music, not to record an album, right? And then once yeah. a certain amount of stuff gets built up, you're like, okay, now the intention is to record an album. Yeah, to make a record of yeah. it. Yeah. Of yeah. the music. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. Right. Even though the like making a record has turned into an an artistic pursuit in itself, yeah. but essentially that's what it's for. You know, yeah. you're just making a record of right. what you've been doing for the sure. totally past year. But it, and I, I have learned that it's completely necessary. Though, and a lot of the times it feels like you're not doing anything in a weird way. You know, when you're when you're working and writing and developing music. Yeah, it's it, it's strange how it feels like you're not getting anywhere, and then like yep. after a year, you're like, wow, I gotta have a, so much more right. than I thought I was doing. Yeah, and then then it's uh, because I there have have been times in my life too where I've been like trying again trying to be something I'm not turn it into a real work like business like yeah. i'm gonna write a song every three days and it's gonna be done whether i like it or not yeah i'm giving myself three days yeah and i did that one time for like and i wrote like four or five songs in, uh-huh. and uh and all of them except for one were really terrible oh yeah <laughs> yeah i immediately like got rid of uh, like you know, unposted them from, from the internet. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, that was an experiment that maybe I had to do, but turns out that is not how you, that's not how I write music. It turns out, sure. you know, it just does take a long time sure. for, for certain things. Chatter being, being an exception. Killer man. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, that's awesome that you, you gotta, you, you, you know, again, you just gotta do it. You gotta find your process. You gotta have the experience and find your process. And then once you land on that, you gotta go for it. But killer man, I you know we've been talking a while now, and so um, probably just can we can probably just wrap it up and get on the rest, let you get on with the rest of your day and me as well. And not, but I, I do want to say uh, again, I, I really appreciate you stopping by and having this super, super quality conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. So thanks again for for coming on and just having providing some insights on another episode of the Modern Recordist. And, uh, man, it, it, it was a pleasure having you on, man. Absolutely, man. I hope it helps somebody. Totally, dude. <laughs> we got to do more of these. Um, and we got to find something else to work on again really soon. But, uh, yeah, man, in the interim, uh, where, where where can people find out more about you, listen to the record, buy the record, etc.? cetera? Uh, the new record is on. It should be pretty much everywhere. If you type okay. in, if you look up Sean Sunderland, find out how to spell Ducera de Vivre uh, online. Um uh, that it's Spotify, iTunes, cool. YouTube, every, everywhere. And then Chatter is on SoundCloud. It's called it's Chatter, and then, then the record is called Through Worlds of Wanwood. Cool. I haven't. I didn't even know about that project, so I'll check that's that a, one that's out. That's another yeah. hour cool thing. Yeah. Awesome, okay. man. <laughs> um, do you have a website or any social media that you like to have people know about or nope all right sweet man we'll link up we'll we'll get links um we'll get links for the show notes to the music and and stuff um but yeah man cool uh thanks a bunch and until next time absolutely cheers all right all you artistic visionaries and creative music makers there's another episode of the modern recordist for you thanks again for hanging out 
week after week and giving us a reason to spend time doing something we enjoy getting to do. Hey, make sure you get subscribed to The Modern Recordist, which you can now do on either iTunes or Stitcher. So fire up your favorite podcast app, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap the subscribe button you will find there. Also, please take literally just a second to leave a rating and review of the podcast. Good and honest ratings and reviews help other listeners see the value you're getting out of listening to the podcast, and it helps us to know whether or not we're producing episodes that are interesting to you. And lastly, jump over to modernrecordist.com and enter your email into any of the forms you will find all over the site. This way, we will be able to keep you up on all the latest and greatest that has to do with the Modern Recordist. Okay, I'm going to queue up a piece of analog tape backwards and record some controversial subliminal messages. That's it for this week. There's more for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create music that impacts the world.